0: sword of omens come to my hand i lion o command it hi this is larry kenny the voice
1: of lion o from the original thundercats series and you're listening to an elegant weapon an elegant weapon is brought to you by nemesis studios what are y'all doing in here we're smoking reefer and you don't want no part of this shit
0: an elegant weapon but a more civilized age
1: juice
0: apple juice i haven't had apple juice in ages
1: we're a big apple juice family here all of us yeah we all love apple like you can't keep apple juice in the house
0: uh i have to ask why the apple juice why specifically apple juice i
1: really don't know we're just all big fans (laughs) of the apple juice of the juices it's it's probably the family's favorite juice all around you know we dabble (laughs) we dabble in the orange juice but sure but uh, plus a lot of it's the boy, you know, having a four-year-old okay. or almost four-year-old. He likes the juice and apples, his favorite. Yeah. And uh, oh, yeah.
0: Which reminds me, what movie did you send him? What movie did you guys end up watching where he fell
1: asleep? <laughs> we went to Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: What a bunch of a holes! Uh, was that his first time or?
1: No, well, for that movie, but not first time. time at the movies, and uh, okay. it surprised me because I, I'm very careful to take him at times when he's not tired. And I showed him clips of Guardians of the Galaxy and the trailers just to make sure he was interested enough to take him to see it. And he was all about it. And we got there, and he was stoked. And it started, and literally, like by the end of the first Star Lord scene, like he was out. <laughs> I was like, "You wow. haven't even seen the raccoon yet, man."
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Well, but, you
1: know, it was, at least it was like I wasn't stuck watching a kids' movie. Like it was, you know, it was mm-hmm. a movie I still haven't seen myself.
0: Oh, that was the first time for both of you.
1: Yes. So, wow,
0: you waited a while to see
1: Guardians. What I, I know uh, children, no <laughs> family, and such. And yeah, we'll just roll with this, everybody. You're welcomed to An Elegant Weapon, episode oh. ni- <laughs> 19. I'm Ross Jedi, and you're here hearing uh, Francis Fernandez here hanging out with us this evening. He is a fellow oh. member of the Points of Interest podcast network. He hosts shows... Back when we were interesting, Geek Love Radio, and a critical moment of awesome, yeah. and uh, yeah, we we're just <laughs> talking about it the other day. I took my kid to Guardians of the Galaxy. He passed out, but yes, it was indeed my first time seeing it, and and uh, I really enjoyed it. I see what everybody mm. means. It's really fun, mm-hmm. really smart, uh, really original, entertaining. But I have it. It kind of cemented what this feeling I've had about Marvel movies. Oh. Yeah. And Marvel movies are very they're fun as everyone mm. knows, right? And they're imaginative and creative and, you know, full of fun easter eggs and visual candy and all that. But overall, there's something about the actual action sequences that I've never been a huge fan of. Really. And very like very rarely has I have I seen a moment where mm-hmm. I thought that was incredibly creative and original, and that I kind of haven't seen before. Like, I think the closest I've been impressed is Captain America.
0: I was going to say, uh, the second one, Winter Soldier? All or of the them, just one. him in oh. general
1: as a character. Yeah. I think him and the shield have been well used. Okay. But there's something like Thor I kind of felt like, more could have been done with that hammer. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like.
0: They toned it down for him, it looks like. Like they didn't use all of his power. It's they they really kind of humanized his you know, all of the action scenes with him. Yeah. It's very human. It's now, he, he's not flying around as much, he's not using his lightning as much, he's just hitting people with a hammer.
1: Yeah. It's very comic booky. Like they keep mm-hmm. it to like comic book action where it's like tossing guys around and throwing things at people and smashing things and halt! there's like uh like for me it's the subtleties and maybe i'm just getting more biased to like the other side in my old age i don't know
0: (laughs) yes your old age well (laughs) all the
1: the reasons why i love Zack snyder and jj abrams Mm -hmm. and and their their certain outlook like for for instance i keep going back to the Watchmen and that scene where uh night owl just drops out of archie just Mm -hmm. drops out of his plane thing and, like, lands on the ground. Just that moment alone, the way every detail of it was so stylized and specific, Mm -hmm. impresses me more than, say, a guy getting thrown into something else that he goes through for 300 feet. Do you know what I mean?
0: Right. And, and, and like I said, you know, it's them really kind of toning it down, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going for any... It's all there's no it's all substance or is that the right word? It's all style, no substance.
1: Yeah. No, no, no it's the other way around. No, it's, it's the all other way around. No style. Yeah, yeah it's it's yeah. They're I, I, can't think of any other way to say it than it's very comic booky. It's they take the action that you'd see in a comic book often,
0: <laughs> right? And
1: put it on the page. Like I think uh, one of the best uses of powers done by anybody, and maybe not the best comic book movies, but Brian Singer's Brian Singer has these moments. That mm-hmm. are just jaw dropping, like uh, for like the beginning of X two, the whole Nightcrawler okay. breaking into the White House.
0: Oh yeah, that was great. Yeah. That's
1: what I mean. Like mm-hmm. that. I don't think that could have been portrayed much better than it was. No. And, you know, and th- that's something that I've I've personally lacked from Marvel movies. So yes, it was very heartwarming. It was <laughs> it was the the most fun and entertaining I've seen of the Marvel films. Mm-hmm. and i really really enjoyed it don't get me wrong even some of the action was super cool yeah but that's that's the only thing i was kind of left with i was i was a little bit more like they they turned out a little wussier than i thought they'd be <laughs> like like you know gamora and drax got their asses kicked a lot more often than i expected mm-hmm. to see yeah drax in particular i didn't see a lot out of drax like
0: well, he never fought a minion. He was fighting, well, he did fight minions near the end, but he was always fighting um what's his face? Uh Rodin, Ronin.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. that
0: was the guy he had and Ronin's the the boss, you know, quote-unquote the boss guy. So you can't really uh, expect too much from that. So that was a little disappointing for sure. You know, it does it really kind of downplays who he is. But I mean, the rumor is he's supposed to be in Avengers 2. Was it Avengers 2 or 3? I forget. He's supposed to play a pivotal role in one of those one of those two movies so maybe you'll finally get to see him in action
1: proper they're talking (laughs) about it being epic and i hope that it is
0: Uh, but
1: uh, you know what uh, i mean like i don't know like i heard today actually i think it was today i read that they're considering breaking avengers 3 into two movies
0: two parts yeah which i really hope they don't
1: I hope so, too. Like, they need to go beyond Avengers if they're going to kind of keep this thing going. Like, what, are you going to have 10 Avenger films that are in between all your other Phase 2 and 3 Marvel films? Like,
0: uh... Well, yeah, I I think they're just rolling with what they know works, and that's a problem. Because eventually it becomes overkill, and then we stop caring. And at this point, I think after Avengers 2 and 3, because 3 is supposed to be the biggest one. Um. Yeah, you you just have to kind of tone down on it for sure.
1: Here's one thing you can you got to give to Warner Brothers and DC and what they did something they did do with Man of Steel is mm-hmm. they didn't stick as hardcore to the comics as Marvel has tended to do. Like even though Marvel isn't yeah. afraid to like deviate and change things, Man of Steel was flat out okay. Here's space wars. here's 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 shit you've never seen krypton look like this before do you know what i mean like oh for sure yeah and that's that's one thing i give to them because i think that'll help help keep it fresh in a certain way you know like they like the things they've been saying about now that he's established as they always say about origin movies but Mm -hmm. the fact that we're going to get to see him established and a batman that they are not going to bother establishing right finally (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) that i'm very excited another origin story no really (laughs)
1: well that actually can lead into something else uh and that's gotham yes yeah i was speaking with uh my cousin today actually uh on Mm -hmm. facebook and uh he put a his status was just commenting on how he's seen the batman origin story like hundreds of times Mm -hmm. and he doesn't think he's ever welled up like he did this time. Oh, really? Yeah. And he's, he's talking specifically the scene, like the death of the Wayne scene. I don't, he's not really, I don't think talking about the episode as a whole.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I, I kind of have to agree with him to the point that at first I'm watching that scene spoilers, Mm. by the way, tonight's episode will be full of them. (laughs) And, uh, uh, first of all, immediately I'm like, okay, Catwoman's witnessing the Wayne's death. Yeah, fo- Yeah, that's going a bit yeah. far for me. That's too much. That's a little tad too much coincidence. But as we've, re- as we've discovered by now that we're really going to have to let the coincidence thing go on this show. Because yeah. everybody knows fucking everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah. that I,
1: I immediately forgave when I did think it was weird that thomas wayne didn't fight back because he uh, something always happens that causes the shots and i thought something might be up i was like he just shot them and i was like that's weird that he just flat out shot them Mm -hmm. there's probably more to that story right and then that scream that kid lets out that scream that's like it's gut-wrenching it's blood-curdling and Mm -hmm. i have never ever seen the batman origin done with him screaming before
0: no usually it's him curled up in a ball
1: yeah yeah
0: and it's usually it it doesn't even linger it's usually death it's it's a um it's a flashback it's the death of the, the of the parents and then they kind of just move on they just move forward and and fast forward to you know batman now they rarely ever linger on that and i do have to admit that the scream and anguish was really effective and really played out how horrible that death was.
1: Yeah, it was – that's what really got me. I was like, okay, that kid so far, that's good. And then I didn't like the Gordon, him scene. I didn't like his acting in the scene where he's just sitting on the – because first I thought to myself, I was like, so they're going to let the kid go over just with a blanket and sit on the stoop? Like, that kid would be in an ambulance or, like, rushed away or have a billion people around him, you know what I mean? Right. He wouldn't be sitting there alone, so I was like, okay, that kind of sucks. And then it was kind of cool Jim Gordon and him have his moment, but then afterwards, uh, mm-hmm. it might have actually been episode two. No, was it episode one where he apologizes to him? No, that's the episode two where Jim goes and apologizes for catching the wrong guy or whatever.
0: Um, no, I thought that was the end of the first episode. It's funny how they're kind of mixing in together because I know that. Um it was mentioned, but I don't remember him apologizing in the second episode. I thought it was It
1: might have been the first, yeah. Might it was, have been the first, yeah. yeah. It was see, that's the thing I was gonna say. This show, I feel like I've seen thirty episodes of it. It's kinda weird that way.
0: Well, that's I think my complaint with this show. I mean, it's it's tr- it's a million different things at once. This is a show that's really weird in the sense that it's a superhero genre show it is a police procedural it is it's like law and order gotham or NCIS: gotham it's like it's it's really weird how they're trying to throw all this stuff in and not only do they not concentrate on the cop part they're concentrating a lot on the villains Um, of course which of course they're going to because this is you know the origin story for the villains it's not the origin story for bruce or batman because we all know that but yeah, that, that's kind of what's getting to me is that there's too much going on, and that's why it feels like you've already seen 30 episodes because
1: – I agree. That was most people's complaint. Yeah, and I yeah. think in the first one it was nothing but introduction after introduction. It was obvious yeah. setup, which I think they really did just get out of the way in the first episode because the second felt more copy, and more Penguin had only like one or two kind of smaller scenes. So I think they'll, they'll spread it out a little more. But uh, – Well, yeah. I love the no, fact it's... that, like, well, like you said before, though, they've never really concentrated on Batman between the ages of 10 to, like, 18. Mm-hmm. So here's this kid, and when he has that moment where Jim apologizes, and Bruce Wayne's like, I'm glad you didn't catch him. Right. And you're like, in yourself, because you're going to grow up and become Batman and kick everybody's <laughs> ass. <laughs>
0: like, exactly. <laughs>
1: I love that they're going to dwell, and that's what I really love. My favorite part. About the Mm -hmm. second episode is that Bruce is cutting and Alfred's worried and gets Gordon to come and he's cutting and people are like, oh, the poor kid, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'm not cutting because I'm sad. I'm testing myself. And you're like, oh, shit. He's fucking already testing his pain tolerance. You know, this kid's got plans whether he knows them yet or not, you know.
0: Well, he gets real. I mean, even in the first episode, he does the—he's standing on top of the house and he's looking over the edge. I mean, he's—he really jumps into the whole, um, I—I—the I, whole. I should have done something. I could have done something to stop it from happening. You know, he's really blaming blaming himself. So that it that's pretty deep, and it gives a reason for Gordon to keep coming by, and you get it gives us a reason to see Bruce and and the crazy Alfred who's i don't know what's up with that guy <laughs>
1: yeah, he's a mix insane. Yeah. <laughs> but then bruce has that moment where he's like he tells him to shut up so there is a weird thing there where this guy's got to be father and raise this kid who can tell him to shut up because mm-hmm. he's also his master so but to see this delve into that so quickly it would have to be that way so for a kid to break and grow up to become batman it would have to be immediate he would it would have to be an immediate reaction and an immediate consequence and right. I, you're right i love that they're showing it that way cuz when he's sitting it's also was weird for me to look at it from the fact that it's this time because when he's sitting there at the desk and he's drawing like the the dark pictures of like demons or whatever and mm-hmm. then he's got the heavy metal going he's just listening to like, oh, yeah. crazy rock on his like headphones mm-hmm. i was like that you never think of that you know what i mean like what kind of music influenced if any would there have been any back in the day that Batman would have listened to? But a kid nowadays... Has th- tons. He would have aggressive... Yeah, he. there'd be so many outlets, so it's such a different take on it. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I like that they're still keeping... It, it still feels old. You know, they use a lot of old cars. You don't really see anything modern when they're driving around. It's like an old beat-up... I don't know what that kind of car is, but it looks like it's from, what, the 70s or something? <laughs>
1: totally, yeah. Um,
0: yeah, so it has a very old feel, kind of like um, the Batman animated series, where they kept a very '40s feel, but everything was, you know, they still had a lot of modern technology. So I'm really liking that a lot. That that kind of mix between the two.
1: It's like a Burton Nolan mix almost.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, they kind yeah. of
1: took those two and kind of met in the middle because there's certain things about the show that I think you have to be forgiving, because and you and it's easy to be forgiving because you're a Batman fan. It's things like those – like, I thought he was on board. I thought he was on the page, you okay. know, like all that typical cop shit. Kinda, sure. You know, <laughs> get off me, man. Get away from me. You're not a bad yeah. dude. You're just a bad cop. <laughs> right. It's so melodramatic. Oh, my God, dude. It's a really melodramatic. And, yeah, and how about uh, Jada Pinkett there? She's just like – it's, I've never seen it laid on so thick every She's come up with like an accent and like.
0: <laughs> I've heard her compared to Earth A Kid. You know, Earth oh. Catwoman, where it's very. She does purr a little bit when she speaks and it has that, that kind of lilting sound. So I think she's honing her inner Earth A Kid
1: when you while she's playing. That. Yeah. 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 Well, so, what do, you th- what do you think about the comedian?
0: Uh, I think that is to throw people off. Yeah, you know, because it's a little too obvious. <laughs> yes,
1: I would agree. I would agree. But they, the what's his name, the guy, the showrunner said, there's going to be because they're not ignoring the Joker. He said, but there are going to be multiple things like that that kind of throw you off. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was like, well, just, I'm thinking in my head, just leave the Joker alone and let's, you know, let's get to the Riddler that you've already put on screen first. Like,
0: (laughs) yeah, Yeah, Joker really needs to be kind of the final season. If you're going to do a final season of this show, that's when you introduce the Joker, that's when you pull out the big guns.
1: You have to be very careful on how to stretch this out. Like, like, Riddler and Penguin have to take at least another ten years or more to become who they are, right? Well,
0: uh, not well. The Penguin's actually – what I'm really liking – Penguin is actually – the guy who plays Penguin, excellent. I like that guy a lot. Oh, yeah. He's very good. Because, um, but I think this is a great introduction to the Penguin because he's one of the older characters anyway, so I'm perfectly fine with him – at the end of this season becoming the penguin uh just because he he's an older character anyway and i i'm perfectly fine seeing him uh kind of rise up the ranks pretty quick but you you know they introduced Ivy Poison Ivy in the first episode <laughs> like well she's yeah. got some years to go and she's
1: and, not it's they, they did take some liberties she's not even Pamela Isley she's like that pepper guy's daughter or whatever
0: yeah Ivy Pepper yeah yeah,
1: yeah i thought Ivy was going too far that felt like pushing it
0: but that could also be a mislead too cuz you know you know it seems like uh, the only reference to her being poison ivy is that she took care of some plants in a scene yeah, that's it
1: and her There's name no... is ivy yeah and her
0: name is ivy yeah, yeah. maybe they were just pushing that you're right they're they're pushing it but i think that's kind of to throw I you I kind
1: of like the catwoman idea that they uh, had maybe kind of crossed paths for years like had a bit known each other as kids i kind of don't mind that i'm kind of like to give that relationship even more depth, I'm kind of mm. I'm kind of okay with that. And she is something. She mm. looks like a like 40, but she's like 13. <laughs> I feel bad looking at that girl, and not like in a she's hot, sexy way, right. but she's beautiful. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like she's just stunning. Like mm-hmm. she looks too beautiful to be that young. Like her face right. just has the beauty of like an older woman. Do you know what I mean?
0: Well, that's how they I mean, that's casting right there. I mean they, they, they pick the right people. I oh, yeah. I think she has a weird name too, like whoever the actress is, I think this is her first big role. Yeah. But um yeah, I, I do like that they're getting to know her early on, even though the Catwoman episode really had very little Catwoman in it. Yeah, like, that was <laughs>
1: weird how they did that, eh? Yeah, yeah. That was
0: it's like here's Cat, but we're not gonna make it all about her, apparently. It's gonna be about <laughs> You know, uh, the Dollmaker, which was a cool little...
1: Oh, very cool to throw that <laughs> in there. When I, I That was one thing where I went, oh, oh, oh. Like, I got excited when they are like, the Dollmaker. I was like, yeah, all right, here we go. We're getting deep. But that adds another villain to the whole goddamn... But I guess there's got to be villains they bring in that we know that are kind of like, you know, just couple episode or one episode villains. And these yeah. other ones just have to stretch over time, you know?
0: Well, if you want to keep the entrance interest of the audience, you gotta put in at least one obscure Batman villain. Like here's Calendar
1: Man, and, and you yeah, know, oh, here's you know, like
0: <laughs> you gotta keep putting in the really obscure people. Well, it's neat so that they
1: put Montoya in there.
0: Oh yeah, right, yeah,
1: yeah, because yeah. this is her and Bullock's first ever live portrayal since ever, like ever yeah. yeah they were in the animated series together but you know and the casting right down to them like and i love ben mckenzie i think mm-hmm. he's playing a fantastic gordon
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just very perfect. stoic yeah very very deep yeah, yeah.
1: There's this, you could see him with the stash eventually too <laughs> yeah the you stash to- and the glasses yeah you can to- i can see it coming man i can totally see it coming Hi, this is Ray Park. I play Darth Maul and The Phantom Menace, and you're listening to an elegant weapon. You know, I completely duh, forgot to flick my bick, everybody. Hold on a sec. Oh, yeah. Oh. Your love of the halfling's leaf has clearly slowed your mind. Yeah, so not that I had actually <laughs> forgot to flick my bick, I just forgot to mention that I flicked it. Yes. <laughs> so, afflicted again. And I'm doing a two-time mention on the one flick, so everybody follow along with that. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got uh, my notes. I'm following along.
1: <laughs> so overall, uh, Gotham, we seem to have both enjoyed. See the plot holes, but aren't that disturbed by them. Like,
0: no, I'm willing to give it fun. a chance. Yeah, and and you know, uh, the one last thing I want to mention is Donald Logue, who plays uh, Harvey Bullock. I yeah. personally, to me, steals the show. Like he is who I envision as the the live action Harvey Bullock. It's I think it's spot on. And if I'm gonna watch the show, even if it, even if Ben McKenzie for some reason becomes a horrible Gordon in the end, I'd watch it for I'd watch it for him. I'd watch it for Donald Log. He's really good at what he does. So yeah, I'm definitely for the two episodes, I know there's a lot of weird criticism out there for the show um saying it's a little too much but personally i think it's it's actually going in a really good direction and something i'd actually take the time out of my day to watch this is uh, what is it um scheduled viewing i think is what they call it when you actually go and watch it on the day it shows i i would do that for this show for sure
1: nice nice yes i would agree it's uh he is very very good. Uh, I've always liked him and the things he's done Donald Luke. Oh, yeah. And I think that a lot of the reason he's able to play Harvey so well is that he has that good Jim Gordon to bounce it off. Yes. You know, like yeah. it's his reactions to to how frustrated he gets with <laughs> Gordon that are priceless, you know what I mean? So
0: And he adds yeah. the humor that kind of doesn't isn't there. I mean, that's something I really notice is it's kind of humorless until yeah. Until Harvey's around, and then there, then he throws in that humor, and like it.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah so there you go. Anyway. <laughs> the Riddler makes me laugh, too, you know? But I have
0: oh, to... Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: Do you know the original's name... Or one of the original names of the of the Riddler was uh, Edward Nashton. And I always preferred that, because no uh, human... yeah, it was Enigma. Yeah, no. No human being would be given the name Edward Enigma and happen to turn out to be the Riddler and have this compulsive riddle thing like it right. drives yeah. me crazy <laughs> it's probably my biggest bat peeve
0: mm-hmm.
1: is that they do that like like it's just over the top ridiculous it's like uh oh, i don't even know it's the worst <laughs> of comic book aliases it really is it's like that should be aka edward enigma aka right. the riddler you know what i mean like oh it it gets under my skin (laughs) it's ridiculous (laughs) i'm gonna peace out on it though Uh, because overall it's a good thing you know it gave me the thought with all this madness going on uh how about Mm -hmm. and how excited would you get to see a tom welling guest appearance on arrow as superman
0: oh on arrow yeah um that would be great if it wasn't for the fact that arrow was played by a different person in smallville
1: Oh wait, he was a big deal. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about what a big deal Arrow already was on that show. Mhm. Oh, that's I mean,
0: it, so I think now they can I mean with the current cast of characters like um you know, they have a uh, Supergirl now coming out next year.
1: Yeah, that'll be
0: um, interesting. They can they have um But
1: who's doing uh, that one though? What? See, here's the thing that Warner mm-hmm. Brothers does is somehow mm-hmm. splits up their shit. Yes. You know, like, yeah. you know, Gotham's on Fox. Everything mm-hmm. else is on the CW. So mm-hmm. what the hell's going on there? As, as...
0: C- CBS bought it, which is apparently co-owned by Warner Brothers. So they're getting... Um, How did they get straight- the
1: option to buy it, though? Isn't it automatic? This is, a, you know... Well,
0: let me confuse you a little more. On cable, do you have TNT on your cable box? Uh Yeah, yeah. Titans will be on there with – uh, I want to say – I don't know if it's Dick Grayson who's going to be I – think, I think it might be somebody else. But Titans, not the Teen Titans, but the Titans will be a show on TNT. Oh, <laughs> so, they're calling
1: it Titans? They aren't calling yeah. it t- Teen Titans?
0: They're not calling it Teen Titans. They're calling it Titans.
1: And it's TNT. Oh. Why well, the hell are these things – what's wrong with you Warner Brothers? <laughs> Can't you keep all your shit in one stable? Like what the hell? I don't know. They're ruining some amazing crossover potential here. but I think they can
0: still do it, though. I still think they can do it. They can't do it with Gotham, but I think they can do it with everything else. Those uh, other shows, I think they can.
1: At least Flash and Arrow have their crossover thing
0: going on. Yeah, but now that you have Flash in there, you kind of want to see the others. And there's always that rumor that – what's his his name? Amell?
1: Yeah, Stephen Amell might show up in Justice League. Yeah, I don't like... think it'll happen because you're going to have two different flashes.
0: Oh, right. Right. right.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty you know? sure that's that's not going to happen because yeah. I think they would also like to leave open the possibility of casting a Green Arrow eventually who may carry his own movie.
0: Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: You know? All right. So there's, th- I think the, the they're just very, very strict about keeping the television and the movie thing away. Mm -hmm. Because they don't a they don't have the experience in television like Disney has with ABC and such, right? Mm Yeah. So they're they they can kind of just have the logistics and the experience and the people to make it work better. Where Warner Brothers only is cluing in recently to to give up more trust. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They seem like they've always had this huge trust issue. You know, like Disney, they buy everything, but at least they let them do their own thing, right?
0: Right, right. Yeah.
1: Where Warner Brothers is more like they don't have like DC. I, it's still I don't understand why DC doesn't just start their own damn studio.
0: Like um, because they're hitting hitting it out of the park with their animated stuff, with their television. Show. I mean, Arrow is a big hit. I'm pretty sure Flash is going to be great. Um, Gotham's on off to a good start. I mean, I think they're just they're just thinking. Small screen. I think small screen is where they believe they can hit the home runs.
1: After and the they Dark Knight trilogy, though.
0: But the okay, but you can't lose with Batman. I I think that's just a thing. You cannot lose with Batman. But Everyone this loves all
1: Batman. can revolve around Batman, which is <laughs> they've even been smart enough to do this in the animated series, as it's yeah. it, like all the animated stuff they do. It is always mm-hmm. very very clear that Batman is the leader of the Justice League. Right. Like, that's just how it works, and there's a reason for that, right? Just like you just said, because, you know, mm-hmm. Batman works, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, it's the same kind of thing where Mar- why Marvel puts Wolverine on every comic book it has, right? <laughs> which is going to be strange yeah. that they're killing Wolverine now, and might, might actually my LCS owner mm-hmm. brought up an interesting point. He's like, I think that they're doing that to kind of help – to kind of get back at Fox a bit for uh, – having the X-Men, they don't want to promote their characters for their movies or mm-hmm. give them more fodder to work with, whereas mo- most other people just assume they're doing it for the money, right?
0: Sure, so,
1: yeah. You know, because, you know, that's obvious, but I, I would not be a bit surprised to see if maybe it had something to do with uh, them being like, you want Wolverine? Well, you know, you get no more <laughs> new Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And you know what? I think that's. I hope the pressure is put on, and they release it back to Marvel Studios. That would be, I think, the best case scenario to get X Men and the Wolverine back with Marvel and back, where we can have that big, colossal event. You know, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird to see, the you know, the Infinity uh, Infinity Gauntlet, the Infinity uh, Wars, or whatever. It's gonna be weird to see that without Spider Man, without. The X-Men, it's like the universe got so much smaller as a result, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Like that's – at least we don't have that worry on the other side. If this thing works, Mm -hmm. if Zach's – see, and also I think the team just came together late on Warner Brothers' side because this all started with Iron Man, right? Yeah. Uh, You could be technical. Yes, Anthony Bachman, I hear you. You can go technically back, (laughs) and I know it starts with Blade. Yes. And no it starts with Blade and then we got our X-Men and then Spider-Man just fucking took everything to a whole other level. Yes. And at least Warner Brothers has it all. And if this Batman versus Superman thing works, which it can't not cuz it's fucking Batman. <laughs> they're it's going to start to build something. Now they have their team together which basically didn't technically start well it kind of it starts with Nolan. Cause he did the Dark Knight trilogy, and everybody's like, "Awesome, right?" Right. Even yeah. though it's not connected to this going on, he's still involved, and he mm-hmm. still understands what they're doing and this and that. So him and David S. Goyer, you know, who's been writing since Blade, mm-hmm. finally, this little formula has come together, and now Nolan's over top, and Zach's watching, you know, Zach's making it all work out, and then it will continue from there. I cannot. I cannot see Ben Affleck not directing his own fucking Batman movie. Don't see it happening. Not happening.
0: I think that'd be a bad thing.
1: What? Why? With the tone of the movies he's been making? That's the point.
0: You know, it is because of the tone of the types of movies he's been making. It's so grim, and I realize that Batman is kind of grim. You and I know that. Warner Brothers has this new policy that it's all about being grim. It's not about the funny. It's about being grim. I don't think That's it's their... about
1: being grim as much as it's about well, not being funny. But yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So
0: it's not about – yeah, right. It's not being about being grim, but it's it's giving this more serious tone.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think – I think that it would just be too tragic if he directed it. It would be so depressing, and I, I don't know. I don't well, think to audiences me it are excites
1: me. That. When I heard that they announced that that they were like no jokes, I was like oh yeah, oh just get me more excited, please, please. Oh no, <laughs> no I'm, I'm
0: okay with that. I'm just yeah. thinking that if Ben Affleck you know directed his own Batman film, it's just gonna be the just so just tragic, and I people crying and bawling their eyes out,
1: but that's a Batman, Batman movie. Man that's a good thing (sighs) how many batman comics do that that's what a good batman comic does and i'm sure he can make a happy enough spin on an ending that sure it's a serious ride but you know Mm -hmm. and plus most of those movies need to continue on anyways right like yeah or what if they go back because we've heard the rumors about batman and when he's in the cave there's going to be a robin outfit i don't know if you've heard this
0: And you know what's funny is I was going to say, he would do well in a Death in the Family
1: Yeah. Imagine they did a prequel. Sure. Yeah.
0: But then could Ben Affleck play Bruce Wayne? (laughs) Because he is – A
1: little younger, yes. For sure. They just take the gray out of his hair. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. Because they're graying him up
1: for this, right?
0: Right, yeah. Right. So you just
1: take the gray out. I'm sure it'll pass fine. (laughs) Yeah. Gets a little I'll skinnier. I'll take your word for it on that one. <laughs> gets a little skinnier, you know, and you True. totally look younger. I'm sure it would work.
0: Okay. Yeah, I would see that. I I would like to see a non. Oh, what was his name? Who played Robin in Batman and Robin?
1: Chris O'Donnell. Uh, <laughs> Chris O'Donnell.
0: Yeah. Let's not have a Chris O'Donnell. Let's actually have like a teen Robin. That'd be interesting. I oh, think it, could be a interesting thing. it could be done
1: now. It could be done, and it's been proven because of Hit Girl
0: yes exactly hit girl definitely There's,
1: yeah you do robin just like you do hit girl and mm-hmm. it's awesome you know
0: i th- i think we need to write a letter to warner brothers today <laughs> we <laughs> need him, to get on this
1: because
0: i think that's an, actually yeah. a great idea uh, yeah. for sure
1: yeah i think they will <laughs> i i think you know i we can't be the first people to have this discussion we really can't no. you know i mean she even says robin ain't got robin wishes he was me
0: Right, you know, right.
1: like, like that's the, like that's the thing we don't have to worry about anymore. Like, I think that's why Zach kind of part went nuts and he's put all these people in this movie. I mean, mm-hmm. Aquaman.
0: Oh right, you know, Jason <laughs> yeah.
1: Momoa. I, I think they're right. obviously not gonna make him blonde-haired and the Aquaman we know. You know what I right. mean? He'll be far more like you know, Greek warrior kind of, probably very Wonder Woman esque. Aquaman. Maybe. I was thinking he'd be a lot like
0: his kind of more gruff role in uh, Game of Thrones, where
1: he was. Very, yeah, yeah. Like you know. more barbaric and warrior esque, yeah. you know? He's not going to be in his gold scaled shirt, and, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, yeah. it's 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 just going to be too much. I can't. It's still so far away, too. Sure. That's what's really hard to handle.
0: What, what year is, is it? 2016 or is 16, it next? 16,
1: man. Oh, we have a oh, whole God. year basically to wait, like mm-hmm. year and a half. And Marvel, I I hope they keep things up because, you know, uh, they're very lucky they made Guardians or I think things would have been starting to get tired, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and, and so far they're at three a year, I think, something like three a year. And with them, um, now that they have Deadpool coming up, I mean, they're going to have more and more.
1: <laughs> Here's the thing, played. Deadpool is Fox. Oh, is it really? Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yes. Deadpool is Fox, right? Um, Wolverine Origins, where he came out of and everything. Yeah, they've got that. It was Fox being stupid because when they released that test footage, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was Fox who went, oh, okay. You all do really want to fucking see this. So,
0: you know. Okay, I'm depressed now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I, I don't. I, th- I don't know. That test footage was so good. You just kind of want to let them go. I think yeah. the only problem right now is that they're discussing how they're going to do it and not make it R-rated. No, it has to be R. That's <laughs> they the have
0: to let that go. It it People yeah. will watch in droves a rated R Marvel film.
1: Yes. Yeah, R- that's what I've been boxing. saying about Wolverine forever, have I not? Mm. Like You cannot do Wolverine properly on screen unless it's R-rated. You can't. Exactly. It's just not that those comic books are fucking R rated. Yes, exactly. You seen the shit that Wolverine does in these comic books, people? <laughs>
0: but you know, and but that's the thing: people, the general public doesn't know. The general audience doesn't know that. The general audience see handsome Hugh Jackman all ripped up, you know, with his claws. That's what they see. That's how they know Wolverine. The yeah. people who actually know are the people who want that and want unrated R Deadpool. And that's the problem is that they need to listen to the hardcore guys because the hardcore guys know what's up and I think the general audience will follow I think general audiences will go see rated r Deadpool because it looks it'll look funny it'll be intense and I think people really like that
1: I think it'll want to be and one of the, yeah it'll be one of those movies that just on its own natural hype mm-hmm. people don't want to see because they'll be like what the the same thing like Guardians. Yeah, I think Guardians did so well because of the hype and because of everybody talking about it. Nobody knows – they they put – they do a good job, Marvel, of balancing their movies in a way that if you've never seen or read a comic book, you can see it and enjoy it, yet there's hardcore shit in there as far as how close they're sticking to things. Like here's the thing. You got Marvel with these years of epic scopy stories like about the Infinity Gems and stuff that they could pretty much just do the stories. And they are. They're working their way through which is kind of the ultimate universe, right? Yes. When Like Superman and Batman have so much behind them and are so known for just being them because there's been so many reiterations as far as movies, cartoons, books, whatever. It's mm-hmm. very hard to pick a story to do. Like, yes, everybody's pegging on the Dark Knight Returns. Like, you know, Dark Knight trilogy really leaned on that heavily and this movie is pretty much partly doing it but right then where are we going to go after that especially for dc dc's most epic stories are ones that involve batman usually or right. involve the green lantern Corps, which at this mm-hmm. moment didn't work out too well and they have to no. hope they can redo right <laughs> like crisis right. on infinite earths like everything you want to go through what are you going to do So they'd actually have to come up with the string of movies that they have to fit together with far less of a guidebook than Marvel had. Mm -hmm. Marvel had to make sure to cast right and to write it right and to make everything work and fit and look good and all that stuff. But they already had kind of plots they could work on and, you know, change and divert or whatever. Warner Brothers kind of doesn't have that. They're like, okay, what are you going to do? Well, we're going to start our universe at the end of Batman's story. Yeah. Which is kind of a that, messed up thing to do, right?
0: Right. And unfortunately, that's you're absolutely right. The their pool of stories is very small because not only do they have um a single they have multiple universes to work with too, you know. It's they have a lot of different earths to to work with and they have a lot of different um iterations. Like, you know, you're never gonna see a bizarro superman. You're never gonna see that. You're never going to see. Um...
1: That was on Smallville, though. They did Bizarro. Uh,
0: yeah, but that's.
1: But, uh, you Again, know what, though? It, TV. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. It's, a, it's the small screen. People are much more willing to suspend their disbelief.
1: Can you say that screen. now, though, with Marvel pulling off things like Guardians of the Galaxy?
0: Well, it. The thing is Guardians is often compared to uh, by critics I think or not not uh, often but they, they call it kind of like the Star Wars of the Marvel universe you know even though now they're under the same company which is kind of funny but it's it's kind of this whole big we've seen it before and it's you're just you've seen this kind of story you've seen this kind of epic space adventure but with characters that are now pre-established in a comic book As opposed to being a brand new property. So people are used to that kind of stuff. But people aren't used to like, for instance, and this is going to be a weird segue if you want to go with it, but like Doctor Who. Doctor Who has never had a huge American audience. It has an American audience, but it's never going to go mainstream because it's dealing with time, space. It's dealing with multiple, even multiple universes and dimensions. And it's too much for kind of the common audience to handle. And, it's and I British. think that's the case yeah, yeah. with DC. And it's British, so it has a sensibility to it. But with with DC, there's just too much going on. They made it so fractured. Think of the flat, like the Flashpoint stuff. You know where there's again multiple universes and time travel. You're not gonna. You saw that a little bit. I mean, you did see that, I guess, with uh, Days of Future Past. But it's with pre-established characters that we've known and followed for decades for a couple uh, almost two decades now right 90 something was when the first x-men came out
1: yeah Ninety so i mean
0: yeah. yeah so i mean we've had them around for a while and to see that you know to see that from dc even though you have superman even though you have batman it's going to be too much because nobody knows the flash really well nobody knows even wonder woman that well like those two you know like well they
1: know them but they don't know any stories of them like right you know like definitely people are going to know the trinity but right like people couldn't tell you who flash's main bad guy is exactly yeah people aren't going to right away be like reverse flash or whatever like people aren't (laughs) going to tell you who wonder woman's arch enemy is it's not going to happen right you know, but the X Men people know. They'll say Magneto now. They'll be like, oh, yeah. you know, Magneto and Mystique and his bad mutants, and yeah, people have literally grown up with it at this point. So
0: exactly, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah that's very true.
1: So it's it's crazy to think it's been that long. I mean, I remember when that X Men. Yo, know, man. Still, I have to like, even that first movie, like Brian Singer again having his moments. Mm-hmm. You know, like Wolverine in the cage when you first kind of see him with the cigar and the shadow and the bar scene when he has the third claw come out. That's still the best Wolverine's ever looked, was his mm-hmm. first two scenes in the first X-Men. That was yeah. the most Wolverine he's actually ever been. And, you know, that that I loved. And, and what he did with uh, Superman and Superman Returns, as much as that wasn't a great whole movie, when he gets mm-hmm. like shot in the eye. Yes, and when he like
0: great, yeah. st-
1: stops the plane in the baseball field like come mm-hmm. on that's those moments are what I live for that's, that's what these moments need to be Dropped a bit in America because of the Capaldi thing. People are having trouble, yep. but you have to give kudos to Moffat and the Doctor Who team for having the courage to want to go old school and doing it. They want to be born yeah. like classic Who, and that's hard to, for people to get used to. Mm-hmm. But that's that's what they are definitely doing. But I think maybe it's changing a bit because they listen to their fans and they're starting to throw a bit more, you know, kind of overarching storyline there.
0: Right. When he even, again, you know, I think we had this discussion on Twitter, too. It's like they mentioned, uh, I think Moffat even said, you know, we're going to stick away from the overarching story, which we're six episodes in. And only four of those six, I say only, but, you know, four of those six had the whole Paradise Missy thing going in those episodes. There were two of them that had no mention of it whatsoever.
1: Right, right. So that was interesting. Yeah. Of course, I
0: don't think there were any deaths in those two episodes either.
1: Has there been six already?
0: There's been six, yeah. Wow caretaker was number six, yeah.
1: Wow, that happened quick, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Talk about timey wimey, wibbly wobbly. Holy. Exactly. <laughs> well, I really liked how they they, you know. Well, again, time can change, but when they meet the uh, the astronaut at the end of the universe,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know, it makes it pretty obvious that Clara and Pink kind of end up together. I was under the impression that. She was going to leave, and he was going to become his new companion. Oh, pink! Yeah, uh, because they did say that? he would be the doctor's companion at some point. Now I wondered mm-hmm. today: Do you think they're going to do like a Rory Amy thing and have like a couple flying around with them?
0: I I actually think they will. Um, at least for I think at did. this point they have to. Yeah. 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 I think they don't have a choice now because it's they're really they're really pushing it for. Uh, for Clara and for Pink. What's his first name again? Danny?
1: Danny? For Clara and
0: Danny to have a relationship, which in all honesty, and I'm going to just throw it out here right now while we talk about it, I hate Danny Pink. I, with an <laughs> unbridled passion do I hate Danny Pink. Really? I do. Because, I'm not a
1: huge fan, but I don't feel the detest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a soldier who acts like a dunce, who gets condescending super quick to a guy he just met, He's all of these really. He's kind of horrible. Like, I don't see what Clara sees in Danny Pink other than he's a dunce. And he's kind of. (laughs) I mean, he's not even charming. The guy is just like a complete ditz.
1: I like how Uh, you use English terminology and call him a dunce.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, the show affects me. It really gets to me.
1: It's great.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's just so. He's whiny. And there's just a lot of things that, you know, people didn't like uh, Mickey for a while, you know, um, when he was around.
1: I never liked Mickey. Mickey.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I didn't either. I I thought he was kind of a nuisance too. But he was just kind of like that fly that that kind of buzzes around your face a little bit. And he's annoying, but you deal with it. Danny Pink is just this blaring, just polka music playing in your ears and you can't get rid of it and it's so loud. I just... (laughs) I have a whole... Yeah, so anyway, continue, sorry. <laughs> I've
1: been starting to see what his point might be, though, that he's almost going to be like the soldier of the Doctor. Like, that's mm-hmm. almost what the Doctor needs, you know? He needs a conscience and a soldier, in, in a way. But... Oh, I never
0: thought of it that way, yeah. You
1: know, I thought, like... Because as he... Like, right now, they're really concentrating on who he is and developing, developing his character, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. once he's established and he's a companion, we don't need to worry about that anymore. He'll just start to become he'll just start to fill his role.
0: Right, which
1: That's what is... I'm hoping kind of happens because, you know, it, there's, there's got to be something there for the Doctor. Because you, you know this is leading somewhere. It's obviously leading to the end or or them all flying around together or something. Because I, I, I just feel like, in a way, the story's not keeping up with Capaldi. I think he's doing mm-hmm. such a, an amazing job that mm-hmm. they're not... It's, it's lagging. It feels like... I don't know, like he needs more to do or there needs to be more to what he's doing. Do you know what I mean?
0: You, you know, it's funny you should say that because I actually thought um, this past episode, um, the caretaker and even Time Heist, he was as doctory as doctor as a doctor can be in those two episodes. You know, because like in Time Heist, he, you know, again, like spoiler alert, he planned the whole thing. He planned the whole heist.
1: Oh, he's, yeah, absolutely. I'm th- maybe he needs more of a challenge. I'm thinking
0: that's where I agree with you 100%. Yeah. He doesn't, he, he, it seems easy for him now, yeah. which is fine, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely every right.
0: Episode, yeah. He's yeah.
1: being doctory for sure.
0: But it's makes episodes anticlimactic. You, yes, you know, you don't, yes. yeah, you don't really fear for what's going to happen next. As a matter of fact, they don't even concentrate on the danger anymore. It's okay. more of, well, look at Clara slap the doctor look <laughs> at clara you know berate the doctor yeah, it's yeah. like okay fine
1: i that's loved close. that uh, scene i can't remember which episode where they go and it's him as a kid at the end in gallifrey
0: oh that was yeah that was the the one listen was it that episode yeah, that's yeah, the yeah fear can be a companion was the the big line
1: fear here's here's let's go back a bit on the whole clara the impossible girl thing Sure. Because you know she was born to save the Doctor, right? Yes. Okay, so I I don't get. <laughs> it seems like her story should have ended there. Then once she did save him, and it feels kind of wrong that she's still continuing. And now there's all of a sudden more to her story that was meant to be.
0: Um, you know what's funny is I don't know if. He... Okay, so she kind of feels like. I don't want to say a throwaway companion, um, but you're right. Like she feels like, it, it, yeah, like her story has run and she doesn't have to be there anymore. He can yes. use somebody new.
1: Yeah, well, they literally but... did. They had her point. They had her purpose. She saved the doctor, jumped into his time stream, mm-hmm. and you know that should have been that. But you know, if she flies around <laughs> with him for a bit longer, that's okay, cool. But now they're starting to make it seem like there's more to her destiny. And it's like, how much can this girl have been born? Like, was was she created through the Metachlorians? Like, was Plagueis, <laughs> like, extra busy and created Jenna for the doctor? To, like, I don't get that part. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. born, she was born to save the doctor. Like, oh, like, I still don't get where she came from. Which timeline's hers? Why was she a Dalek? What the hell?
0: <laughs> and that's the thing. I mean, that's the, yeah. They're, they're I don't think they'll ever explain that. I think once they explain who, you know, because they keep mentioning the girl who, the person who called um, the helpline when Clara called the helpline during that Wi-Fi episode, that really weird Wi-Fi episode, um, there's that girl on the other line. They mention the woman on the other line often, like they not often, but twice so far. So that's going to be an overarching story, including Missy and her thing. I think this is it for her. I think this is the last season for Clara. It, I think oh, it
1: definitely. To be. Oh yeah, definitely. You know what? Maybe those Dalek other lives and stuff, where you know how she was jumping around the time stream. Mm-hmm. Maybe those were things that just happened to different hers at different times. I don't know.
0: And, yeah, I That's guess. That's the one
1: thing I never got, because you know how she was jumping around his time stream? Mm-hmm. How was she doing that? Just, like, through the power of telekinesis thought time jumping? Like, because she was in one singular his time stream, you know? I think I'm I getting think way too technical about it. Though. I
0: think you are, because I think she was just
1: there. Like she That's why she to needs to team. go, because... <laughs>
0: She's technically the longest companion he's ever had.
1: Isn't that weird? Because <laughs> it feels like the shortest.
0: <laughs> well, they, they – they, she, she was a hollow character. She was a plot point for two – one and a half seasons. She was a plot point. She wasn't a companion. She was kind of there just so that the Doctor had something to do.
1: Right. right. You know, like yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is
0: the first season where she becomes a real companion. Like she's actually doing stuff that helps the Doctor out. Yes. And she's actually meaning you know, like she has meaning and that's why it's weird because they really wasted her that season and a half. And all of a sudden she's important again.
1: Well, I like which... how they separate the time that's in between, though, like when he comes back at that one point, she asks him, she's like, how long have you been flying around on your own? And he's like, I, right. uh, you know, like like it. that's what shows you like even though like look at the to- length of time that Clara has known this doctor, right? As Capaldi, yeah. But in Capaldi's this thirteenth Doctor, or is it twelfth? No, this twelfth Doctor could Mm -hmm. actually have been spent already a couple hundred years flying around.
0: Oh, for sure. You know, which is that's
1: the biggest time warp that happens with Doctor Who is is you know. The, the differences in those things can get all crazy wacky. So, you know, he's he's such a different doctor. He's a brilliant doctor. I love the portrayal they're putting on. Did you notice uh, the last episode, too, when he mentioned uh, about him and River getting in a fight sometime <laughs> or something? Right.
0: With the, he, they live with the otters for a while. Yeah. One? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Really nice like, to oh, hear yeah. River's name. Because this feels really disconnected from the past. It does it really disconnected from the past few years. Like the TARDIS is there, but not even being used much. And it feels like the only real connection. Like it's so drastically different (laughs) than the way it's been done, you know, but not that I'm not loving it. Like I'm enjoying it and there's, you know, things I like better than others, but he, I have no complaints about him. He's just getting better and better as he goes. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I like when they throw that little river thing in there and uh, and how uh, the the one teacher kind of looks like Matt Smith, like with the bow tie. Right. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah. I see why <laughs> you like him.
0: <laughs> I really like that. Yeah, that was that was actually one of my favorite scenes of this last episode. And and yeah, he is in the very first one. We I mean, in Deep Breath, which is the first episode of this season, he actually mentions Amy in the the chair when they're tied up to the chair and he says oh i really wish amy was here and so he's does says he say really, that he does really he actually does say that and then claire's like who he's like oh never mind yeah, nobody but he says yeah i wish oh i, I remember was here. i
1: remember that scene you know mm-hmm. what's funny wow that's so weird how there could be a moment in your life you never remember again unless somebody <laughs> says something but i was watching it with my girlfriend Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember that scene specifically because she – he says something, and she goes, who? And I turned to Aaron and said, what did he say? She was like, I don't know. I didn't hear it. And we just kept watching.
0: His – okay, his Scottish accent takes some time to get used to. Which
1: I I don't get as well because when he's like in that scene, he's in the nightgown, and he's like, I'm Scottish. Like, what? (laughs) <laughs> okay, if all Gallifreyans are, like, Englishmen, okay, that's cool. But ha- now they right. bounce around to happen ha- – they also happen to sound like Scots? like, uh,
0: <laughs> Which is – f- I mean, technically, it's a first. Everyone had a br- – I mean, every doctor had a British accent, if I recall. I think there was only one other Scottish doctor, but everyone else had a British accent.
1: No, two other Scottish doctors, Oh, uh, Sylvester McCoy and mm-hmm. David Tennant.
0: Oh, but they didn't use their accent. McCoy did. Oh, McCoy
1: did. Okay. But it was very light. Mm -hmm. Like he naturally had a light one kind of thing. And he also sounded like more of a aristocratic, like a little more like uh, Edinburgh Scott, you know, with like Uh more roles in the R's where fucking Capaldi's a Glazian kid. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like he could probably get talking. You wouldn't understand a fucking word he said if he went slang. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Unless he talks a little slower now. He's been talking slower. It's been easier these last few episodes. But, man, that first episode, you can't understand half of what that guy
1: said. (laughs) He is just bonkers. Like, they talked Mm -hmm. about how he was going to be a darker doctor, and they weren't kidding. Because at times, he's just, wow, you're a fucking dick. Like, (laughs) Well...
0: You know, the, you're so used to the last three being like, oh, I don't want to kill him. Oh, he shouldn't have died. I could have saved him. Ah. Yeah, and now yeah, he's like,
1: like, yeah, we've been nope, sissified. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, oh, can't save him. He's going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's
0: going to die anyway. Who cares? Because
1: like, he fought, did he not? He fought what? There was a fight scene. Who did been he fight? Him. In one of the episodes, Capaldi just fought someone.
0: Um, he fought – well, he fought several people um, in uh, Robot of Sherwood was probably the one where you really see him fight somebody.
1: Yeah, maybe it was that I was thinking. I don't know. I just remember seeing one move, and I was like, I'll bet that's right – that's total fucking third doctor right there.
0: Oh, yes. Um. Yeah, he – oh, who did he – yeah, you're right. He chopped somebody
1: Yeah. like yeah, the third yeah. doctor.
0: I was yeah. like, oh, that's that's the third doctor right there. I, I think it was Robot of Sherwood because that's where he had the most – fight scenes in there where he fought with the spoon and he fought with like a bunch of stuff but yeah i think that's probably where it was
1: a really interesting idea with that episode eh? how he ends up actually being robin hood
0: yeah yeah i it's weird because that one and people give a lot of shit for that episode and i actually like that one a lot that's probably one of my Uh, that and the caretaker the last one are like my two favorite of the season so far
1: i love the last one yeah the last one was really good and i really liked listen
0: yeah listen was good yeah
1: and uh the robin hood one i kind of knew going in this is going to be one of them it's kind of a
0: throwaway episode really yeah you know
1: going in with robin hood that you know it's kind of this is an episode that maybe david Tennant should have done like yes yeah Yeah, but
0: but I think this is also to kind of emphasize this doctor Capaldi can pretty much embody any one of the twelve previous incarnations. Yes,
1: which is very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So
0: yeah. I'm 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 good with that. If they if they continue in that vein where they show him, I'm still I still think the writing is is weak. Um, yeah. in all of the episodes, in all honesty, and a lot of them are pretty weak. Yeah. But Capaldi really helps me. i I'm, I'm I've been turning around. I, I was ready to give up on the season um up until robot and then after that I'm back I'm kind of back in so I
1: agree I'm willing to stick with it because Capaldi I don't think I can let him go I think it'll just get better <laughs> but he's so just mad he's just mm-hmm. he doesn't even know what's going on around him that's mm-hmm. like my favorite part he's just oblivious it's just great like he's doing everything for the right good reason but that's not mm-hmm. why he's doing it he's doing it cuz it needs to be done get out of the way and let him do it like just love that whole thing, you know. It's it's great, but yeah, the writing the writing could improve. But for me, I was one of those people who kind of like to see things connect. It gives me a little something to look forward to the next week. Yeah, you know, I, I like being left with questions, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, hopefully, well, question, I'll be left yeah. with uh,
0: huh. No, I was gonna say yeah, and I was agreeing with you. Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll see where this heaven thing goes, and you know, they went really far with it this last episode with the cop, the policeman, and the whole hallway and.
0: Yeah, thinking that now that they're like employees of Missy, who uh, I guess take care of Paradise or whatever you want to call it. So. It's gonna
1: be interesting to find out what that actually is, man. You know, I was it's really the- hoping on more Gallifreyan stuff happening by now. Well,
0: well, wasn't that kind of what they hinted at in the uh, Day of the Doctor? Or no, no. Um, yeah. They have the doctor, yeah. Where it was, hey, Gallifrey still exists. My yeah, goal yeah. now is to find it. And then they just drop it. Like, well, here's
1: the thing. Does he remember that it's there? Because remember how the other ones wouldn't remember that whole thing, right? Right, yeah. So does Matt Smith, though? He leaves remembering, right? So technically... Capaldi, Capaldi should Capaldi should. Yeah, Capaldi should know that Gallifrey is out there.
0: Mm-hmm. So... And yet nothing, like not even a mention yeah. of Frey, which kind of threw me off. I'm like, yeah,
1: yeah. they really did, they did set us up for something that they just dropped off and we're like, yeah, <laughs> OK, here you go. Like you figure after getting a whole new cycle, they were kind enough to give them a whole new set of regenerations that right away you'd be like, well, I'm going to go fix it and find them or, you know, but no, he's I don't know. It's mm. it's weird, but we'll see where it goes. Uh, yeah, we're on the page with Capaldi and which is kinda weird. Yeah. There was one scene when I was watching Gotham mm-hmm. you know, uh Sean Pertwee being in uh Yes being Alfred, who is the son of John Pertwee, for anybody who doesn't know, who is the third doctor. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene when he's ta- when he comes to the police station and he's talking to Gordon mm-hmm. and my God, spitting image. Like I know he looks like his dad, but there was this one scene and I was just like, Oh shit, like kind of creepy feel like i'm watching john pertwee on this one here
0: it's funny because i thought i kind of thought the same thing and just in the sense of i didn't think of john pertwee i actually thought man this guy could play the doctor if you wanted to like he, has, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he kind yeah, of has yeah. that that mannerism and that, that that semblance of it i'm like yeah he could really play it if he really wanted to
1: oh absolutely because so. he was very different in uh, elementary I don't know if you uh, watch Elementary.
0: I, I, you know what? That's the one show I wanted to pick up, but never did.
1: Oh, I'm a big fan.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, a big fan. He's in that.
1: Uh, he, yeah, he is. Uh, not all the time, but he plays mm-hmm. uh Inspector Lestrade. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So if anybody watches the Sherlock, the British Sherlock, knows that uh, kind of his like, you know, the detective that he kind of works with is Lestrade, right? Yeah. Now in elementary he's in new york he's left scotland yard but back when he did with work at scotland yard lestrade was his detective guy but he was just a worthless guy who you know just took the credit for all sherlock's stuff because sherlock didn't care and mm-hmm. then he falls on hard times and comes to new york looking for sherlock's help trying to close some cases and get his reputation back and stuff nice so he does like a he probably did, like, six or seven episodes over, like, two seasons, maybe. Oh, that's cool. You know, so, he'd like, two or three three-part, two or three-parters, you know, and uh, very, very good, but but way different, you know? A little more weight on him, <laughs> shaved head, like, down on his luck, kind of disheveled kind of guy, right? A much more, like, broodier Brit he was playing than uh, than you see as Alfred. <laughs>
0: I, I do have to ask, is Lucy Liu still killing it as as uh, Watson?
1: She – I don't know if you're being sarcastic and I'm not picking it up because uh, I, 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 I think she's great.
0: I, You know what? I, it's not sarcasm. I just I just heard that she was doing really well. She so is. So I figured they're... she must still be doing super great if she's still there.
1: Yeah, no, they're very good together. They're very good together. Yeah, and No you sarcasm know? in that one, no. It's weird with Lucy Liu. I like her. Yeah. I've always mm-hmm. thought she was a pretty good actress, not like, you know, she's not going to do anything Oscar winning, I don't think. But, you know, sure. but she had that big fight with Bill Murray and Charlie's Angels and he called her all talentless and
0: everything. Oh, <laughs> and really? I didn't know that. Oh, that's why he wasn't
1: in the sequel.
0: Because <laughs> oh. him and Lucy <laughs> Liu like had
1: a giant fight. And he basically in the middle of like a shooting a scene was like, you're a talentless hack. Like, wow. Uh, like, yeah, just like said <laughs> something like flat out at her. And she flew off the handle or some shit. So they hate each other. Sure. <laughs> this is across a uh, uh, bluegrass, Kentucky bluegrass uh, featherbed bench and uh, Northern California sensamia. The amazing stuff about this is that you can play 36 holes on it in the afternoon, take it home, and just get stoned in a bejesus belt. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. But I like her on this show. Like, this is probably as far as she'll go dramatically. Mm-hmm. But she does this show well, and he's incredible on it. He's uh, Johnny Lee Miller. Mm-hmm. Oh, just – I've always loved him, but he's gone to a special place for this show. And it's cool because the elementary and Sherlock are incomparable. They are oh, yeah. they are completely two different Sherlock Holmes that you're working with. And uh, – you know a lot of people feel you have to pick one or the other and i don't feel that at all i love them both for their different things i think i like elementary slightly more uh because of just the overall something about the show but sherlock is just i think it's it's smarter sherlock is smarter but elementary is kind of more entertaining
0: yeah it's yeah, I kind mean, of I do, weirder. I appreciate
1: that. you know it's it's a little odder like he's uh Like Sherlock is Sherlock in Sherlock, of course. (laughs) Sherlock is a Sherlock is a Sherlock. (laughs) (laughs) Sherlock, I guess I don't. Um, (laughs) Sherlock. But in (laughs) in Elementary, he's like tattooed, heroin head, smack head genius. Like he's, you know, he
0: plays better actually. I think. Yeah,
1: he's constantly battling his demons, and he's very Mm -hmm. rude. He's much. less likable than than Benedict Cumberbatch mm-hmm. like uh Cumberbatch is a more like uh, sarcastic kind of Sherlock he's more of a belittle you without you know it mm-hmm. where you know uh Millers is more just insulting <laughs> like just flat out <laughs> just, to your face just saying <laughs> shit that he shouldn't like just way more inappropriate like uh, way more socially awkward mm-hmm. and uh that's what I think I enjoy about it but uh you know and they actually uh, they did a play together once years ago which is funny. Oh, they, oh yeah, yeah yeah they did a play together cuz a lot of the people uh in Sherlock were very upset when they decided to do Elementary cuz uh I think it was supposed to be Sherlock. And then they didn't want it or so, they wanted to change it so Stephen Moffat said screw it and went back to the BBC with his Sherlock. Mm-hmm. And uh Elementary was done its way. So there was kind of beef there for a little while, you know, but uh, between the two of them, I read an interview with each of them, and both of them absolutely love like the other's portrayal and stuff. So it's just nice to know that that mutual respect is there.
0: Yeah, it wasn't like they, the actors themselves, uh, started the beef. Really, it's the show creators. (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: just Moffat being a beef. But I mean, Moffat, you know, he's done some amazing, wonderful things. But as George Lucas has taught us, children, that not everybody Mm. is perfect, and you know. Infallible because I mean,
0: well, mind you, Moffitt has the two biggest, you know, UK shows out there. Well, I, think I mean, he's, he's written... gonna get inflated.
1: Has he not written every Who yet this season?
0: He, no, the one he didn't write was, um, was Robots of Sherwood, actually. I believe he co wrote or wrote every other episode, but I think that's the one where he didn't.
1: He's got a layoff.
0: He does. I I agree. Like he's he's getting a little of a god complex now that he has all of these hits under his you know under his hood or whatever you want to call it. So I mean he, he's just he's just a little he's he's getting a little um, arrogant in his ways. But that's fine because he's he's putting out good stuff. Like Sherlock is still good. You know, I, mean, I third season was great. You know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And this Who is still. I mean, again, it it took a while to kind of find me but i'm in i mean i'm i'm in so yeah
1: yeah martin freeman something. gets around eh?
0: <laughs>
1: like he's in that uh he's a, he, i didn't know he was in fargo uh
0: yeah yeah, yeah yeah he's on
1: that show he's on sherlock he's making hobbits he's doing mm-hmm. fucking everything man
0: it's crazy Mart freeman is like the he's oh well i was gonna say he's like the ben dick humberbatch of movies but yeah he, yeah. yeah whatever <laughs> Because
1: he's he's everywhere too, but yeah, yeah. My favorite, remember Shaun of the Dead, when their double team walks by, Martin Freeman is the Simon Pegg? Yes!
0: (laughs) 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 Shaun of the Dead, a classic. I I don't, you know, people uh, need to watch that movie they have,
1: not and
0: Hot Fuzz, if you...
1: Oh, yeah. They make some... I I really enjoyed uh, At World's End. Yes. Yeah, yeah. With the, it went crazy with the aliens and stuff, but.
0: <laughs> and, and again, Martin Freeman, of course, in that film. So I mean, he's doing everything. Yeah, Fargo, The Hobbit. What else? And everything. He's yeah, great, so. though, yeah.
1: man. I mean, yeah. you know, people work because they deserve it, and this guy definitely mm-hmm. does. Well, at least the ones you hope do. You know what I mean? So. Exactly. Well, some people quit though. Did you see the uh, the woman in Alaska, the news lady? <laughs> Yes. We'll have our cannabis amazing. moment for the weekend. Yes, kids. <laughs> for anybody living under a rock and didn't hear, uh, there was a news reporter in, in uh, Alaska. I was going to say Colorado because, of course, my mind just naturally floats that way when we're talking about the Marihana. But yeah. uh, she's a news reporter, and she's doing a show, and she's doing a piece on the Alaskan Cannabis Club, which I assume is just some sort of underground club of smokers and users and buyers and trade. I guess it's just the black market. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's her outfit or whatever. So after doing a piece on the Cannabis Club, she reveals herself as the owner of the Cannabis Club, which is pretty rad in itself. And Mm -hmm. then she says, so as the owner, I'm going to be spending most of my time now fighting freedom and inequality, fighting for marijuana rights. And as far as this job Fuck it, I quit.
0: I quit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Drops the mic and walks yeah, off
1: screen. Yeah. Fuck it, I quit. Yeah, yeah, and she had to throw the fuck it in there too. Fuck it, I quit. And oh, the course. best part of the whole video is when it goes back to the anchor. <laughs> She's like,
0: <laughs> "Um, we apologize. Yeah. Um, we'll um, be We'll be right oh, back." Oh, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic and um, you know what? I mean, I guess more power to her, but wow, what a way to go. I think if you're going to go, go out with style like that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Well, not
0: style, but definitely. Yeah, that's one way way to go go
1: out. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty Mm -hmm. cool. A lot of people are like, how unprofessional. It's like well, she was trying to get attention to her cause, and she sure did that. And what, unprofessional to the news? Fuck the news. I hate the news so much. It's so full of shit and lies and bullshit and just (laughs) – fucking nonsense it's unreal i'm really terrified by the fact that there is now a confirmed case of ebola in the united states
0: in texas yeah that's
1: but terrifying.
0: he got it he got it from the border and feeling...
1: keep you bastards out <laughs> well he was he went what i forget what country he went liberia. to before he came
0: here. liberia yeah mm-hmm. so i mean he it's not like he had, uh, he got it here but the fact that he has it and was in an airplane with a bunch of people, and yes, I'm not yes. really sure how Ebola is, um, at you know how it's how it goes out and infects others, but
1: it's bodily I'm guessing fluid. It's, airborne. it's not airborne. Fluid. It is not airborne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing about Ebola that is so difficult: is that it is not airborne, but mm-hmm. it is so easy mm. to catch through like breath, like even the water molecules in like your breath could pass mm-hmm. it so it's not technically airborne it's not floating in the air but it is like through just a dab of sweat you could catch it you know yeah. what i mean yeah so that's the problem here and he's been interacting with people and, and oh my god i hope it get, gets quelled and this could be the beginning of like real z nation shit oh god <laughs> good god
0: well we gotta close yeah, the I borders see. <laughs> I've seen what it's done. I've seen the pictures, and, yeah, nobody wants that. So. No,
1: that's, that's a horrifying fucking way to go. Hey, did I see you were recently at a state fair?
0: I was, yes.
1: They still uh, have that's...
0: those? Oh, well, yeah. And yeah, do we all have states a... have them? I, I don't know, but I know we have two here in California. One for my area, and then one for the uh, lower part. I guess getting much lower than I am, but yeah, we have we have uh, fairs every year, and it's fantastic. <laughs> so it's, Is uh, it just like you
1: see in the movies, like you know Jack and Diane eating popcorn and mm-hmm. on Ferris wheels and shit?
0: You, yeah, it, it's Ferris wheels, it's food, it's games, it's uh, you know a performers. Big old carnival, yeah. Yeah, it's a carnival. It, it's it's a lot of fun. They had um yeah, at this one their one of their I guess big um events or whatever was the superhero thing where they had a bunch of the uh, superhero armor and things like that out in the uh out for the public to see. I, I took a picture I took a selfie with the with the TARDIS at entrance. So that was fun. But yeah, yeah it, <laughs> that's that's what they do and it's it's a lot of fun and, and it, it kind of exposes other people to to just kind of the, the kitschiness of the fair, but I love the fair. Deep like fried a, chicken skin.
1: Yeah, well we when a Canadian hears state fair, we kind of think like Charlotte's web.
0: Um there's Does a little that bit makes of that. Sense? <laughs> like We have big races. <laughs> oh yeah? <laughs> yeah, we have big races for sure.
1: Sweet yeah. talent
0: shows and shit. Talent? Yeah, yeah, we have there's performers who there's a there's an actual stage where people perform and do tricks and there's like a all sorts of stuff. Amateur night, you know, and we have concerts here. I mean, it, it's a big deal, you know. If you're, if you're, if you live in the LA area, well, okay, maybe not LA area, LA County area, then you want to go to this fair because people go all out.
1: You know, it so. drives me crazy being a fan of Hollywood Babylon and hearing oh. all the different names that they mention all throughout California. You what know, do you mean? You just get like La Brea.
0: Oh, the cities, yeah, and, yeah,
1: all the cities, and just like La Brea and this and that, and here in all these areas, and man, I wish I just I gotta get out there someday just so I know what the hell they're all talking about. Where's Ontario? Is that a city?
0: Ontario is a city, yeah. Okay, it's in what Calif? Well, what us a suburban Californians? think of as the uh the sticks or the inland empire uh so
1: (laughs) wait a minute the sticks or the inland empire (laughs) (laughs) exactly it's called the inland empire
0: (laughs) well josh refuses to believe that i live in the city of industry which is the name of the city it's city of industry and he refuses to believe that that's the actual name of a city yeah i don't
1: understand you're we
0: have weird names for cities so
1: would you say city of industry city no <laughs> then no, then in lieu see, of that, that I, what
0: <laughs> we have a city of commerce we have a city of industry <laughs>
1: do you really we just we're weird yeah that yeah. is super weird like people say where do you live i live in this do you say in, in the, the city like the city yeah we call it
0: we i live, I live in the in city, the of,
1: city of commerce like
0: i live in the city of commerce yeah
1: what <laughs> so so when you're writing like a return address on a letter you write blah blah, blah whatever street <laughs> city yeah, of mailings, commerce yeah my mailing california. Address
0: is city of industry california that's wow. my mailing address is that city of industry, sucks <laughs> <laughs> we're just literal over actually no we're vague over here that's all we have. we're very vague and, uh, where do you live? The city of houses. <laughs> yeah, okay, <what> the...
1: <laughs> cool. I live on Street Street.
0: <laughs> I I think we do have a Street Street somewhere around here. That's sure kind of
1: talking Yoda or French even, you know, because that's one thing you have to learn when you're learning French is how everything goes first, right? Yes. Like, yeah. you know, like, it's not like, uh, so you live on like Jackson Street. It's not, it would be Street Jackson. You'd say Rue Jackson, right? So everything's backwards. Mm-hmm. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, so that
1: <laughs> that's the suburbs
0: of California for you,
1: oh man, that's hilarious. <laughs> A lot of drones flying around there, lately?
0: Um, not that I know
1: of. <laughs> They're having drone problems on the Star Wars set, say. Eh?
0: Uh, but aren't they still out in are they back from London already are they I think filming
1: they're, in they're, it's london's the main thing, but I think they might be doing one or two things out in California. I think there was somewhere out there they needed some uh exterior shots or something mm-hmm. maybe they just couldn't. oh
0: that's right yeah the the drones are filming all of those shots now yeah yeah, 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 yeah. that's pretty amazing yeah um, i'm I'm still waiting for amazon to drone me over some stuff. <laughs>
1: I was <laughs> oh, waiting for that thing to happen jeez uh, that's that, funny yeah. like i was uh, I was doing a work at a at a job site the other day, mm-hmm. and uh across the street, I saw this guy and he was flying a little like mini drone around this house, and he had this crazy like controller and all this stuff and monitor and I was like, what do you we, me and my buddy we had to ask, so we, it turns out the house is for sale. So he was making a video for like, you know, just to put on the internet for those, you know, like house sites and stuff, right? Sure. For realtor sites. And he was making a video of the house and all its surroundings and like up closes to the roof and stuff with this drone. And this is this guy's business. And he basically is, he does film work for hire, but with drones. So you That's, could, yeah. you, you know, you could hire him for your wedding or your birthday or you know, making a B movie or whatever you want to do. He's like, dude, I'll pretty much do anything. And I was like, so, if I wanted to hire you to like film me like cutting a tree down, like flying all around, you'd do that? He's like, for the right price. I was like, wow, awesome business, hey. awesome business.
0: Who, who else would, wouldn't you want a sweeping aerial shot just flying right over you as you're, you know? trimming a tree
1: <laughs> yeah that would totally be awesome like
0: oh epic so- music in the background i mean it's yeah. you're done
1: you like know? i've made little movies for fun but never like sweeping drone shots and shit. <laughs> yeah
0: no that's a thing we, we we're we legally now can have cars that drive themselves so we have the automated cars they're legal in all of california and now we can have drones so we're did the future see, people did,
1: oh did you see the floating car
0: The float, no. I'm
1: not sure (laughs) if this is real or not, but it was on YouTube, and Mm -hmm. it's a Volkswagen. It's a Volkswagen commercial, Mm -hmm. and it's about this girl who designed a floating car. It's got no wheels Mm -hmm. or anything, and her actual parents are the ones in the commercial, and they put them in it to go for a drive.
0: Yeah. Oh, I see it. The floating car. Is that
1: real or not? Because there's nothing Uh, to give you the impression that it's not. (laughs) And there's a few things that really give you the impression that it's real.
0: Uh-huh. Well, it looks like, according to Snopes, um, it does exist as a concept. Um, so it does apparently exist as a, a, <clears throat> a working model of the vehicle as shown in – so a working model doesn't exist, but the concept vehicle does.
1: Oh, so the commercial is fake.
0: The commercial is fake.
1: Okay. I wasn't, because yeah. they give you, they really do, and it's hard with the effects they do nowadays, like, you know, and I really wasn't sure, and they were explaining it, how it works off the magnetism of all the metals in this particular area, and I was just like, oh, mm. you never know what's happening. Hey, lightsabers are possible now.
0: We want to believe, yes, yes, yes. there's lightsaber technology Light has been now. made yeah. solid,
1: we can do it, kids. We may not be able to <laughs> cut <laughs> through Durasteel, but we can have... Some really cool, more fun-looking lightsaber toys. I got my uh, 77th lightsaber.
0: Oh my god!
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, are there
0: even 77 different kinds of lightsaber? Oh
1: yes, oh yes, mm-hmm. many more. Especially with all the, uh, there's a big boom in custom lightsaber making right now. Oh yeah, like yeah, companies yeah. and stuff. So custom-wise, it's it's you know there's it's just countless, but. Uh I'm counting see I pretty much have every toy lightsaber ever made.
0: Uh oh so you don't get the like the force effect. Ones I have with
1: the toy ones. six force effects. hmm So that is how it adds up for me. <laughs> is that I've got the toys, the force effects, some customs. I've also got two uh special lightsabers from the George Lucas Super Adventure oh my god yeah 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 With they got the original tags on them and stuff i had to order them special they came up on ebay i was like oh gotta get that because those don't go too often
0: you're like the ralph Garmin of star wars i'm a <laughs> little
1: bit that way i'm a little bit that way it's 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 kind of crazy oh i'm so glad you brought that up mm-hmm. oh i would have forgot to talk about this <laughs> kids Anybody who follows us on Twitter at AEW Podcast or myself at the underscore Jedi underscore Ross, R-A-S, may have noticed a little campaign that I occasionally indulge in. Hashtag Garmy on Talkin' Tunes. Talkin' Tunes yes. is a podcast from Rob Paulson, who is the voice of Yako, Pinky, Donatello, Raphael. Amazing voiceover artist, amazing dude. And Ralph Garman is a voiceover actor and actor and comedian and host of Hollywood Babylon. It is my dream that these two podcasts together. I think it would just be amazing. It would be pod gold, be ear candy for the ages to hear them just just talking about whatever for an hour. I know it would go to a good place, no matter what they talked about, whether they got serious or, you know, just shot the shit, whatever. So. He recently appeared in Dearborn, Michigan at a at a Comic-Con there, Geek Fan Expo, 2014. Now, mm-hmm. I am producer of another show on Points of Interest Podcast Network. It's called the Media Junk Food Podcast, and that is starring Phoenix, Donnerdette, and Cheryl, Mistress of Evil. Cheryl, Mistress of Evil, was at the con and had a chance to interview Mr. Rob Paulson.
0: About a 15-minute
1: nice. interview. Yeah, it's really, really good. It's, she did a fantastic job, and he was amazing. Kids, go check it out at poi POIPodcast.com. So, so good. So she brought the hashtag to his attention. I know he already knew about it because he's retweeted it often, and we've tweeted about it back and forth, how much fun it would be. And so's Ralph Garman. He's been involved too. But... It has been officially on record, been brought to his attention. It was so trippy to hear him talking about me. On on this pot, on this interview, like not talking about me, but talking about something. Like she's like, she brings it to his attention, and you know, and he addresses kind of painting, it. Yeah. And basically, kids, we still have hope. They've never met. Mm-hmm. They. It's all about logistics. Uh, It's a a mutual admiration society, those voiceover actors, you know. So they both have said they're fond of each other, and it's just got to happen logistically. They both have successful podcasts in the same kind of area. It might happen. It isn't dead. He will never forget now. Now whenever it comes up, there'll be something in the back of his head, and he'll remember this little campaign. So if anybody wants to see this happen and knows what I'm talking about, go on to Twitter and tweet with the hashtag... Tweet at us at AEW Podcast. You can tweet at us and let us know. But include the hashtag Gurmy on talking Tunes. And uh, we'll see if we can make this happen. And uh, it's fun times. So isn't that cool, aren't though, they... to, that that got back to them?
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. But aren't they both in L.A.? I, I thought they were both in L.A.
1: They are both in L.A., yes. Oh, I'm like, what is stopping these two? They're, like, <laughs> in the same city. <laughs> I oh, man. don't know. I think they're even both out of the improv.
0: Uh oh, really? Yes. Oh, they, they they really have no reason not. No,
1: to. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't met because they both were out of the Lovets before, mm-hmm. and I just don't understand how they didn't cross paths or meet or whatever. But uh, yeah, especially with them in the same town, I'm pretty sure they're both pawed out of the Improv, and there's no reason not to happen. So we're gonna we're gonna push this. We're gonna continue. Uh, I know Garmin's been busy lately. They've been doing tons with uh, everything going on. Sure. But uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Speaking of podcasts, uh, your yes. other podcast back yeah. when we were interesting, which is a nostalgic yeah. ride through your youth. Yes, with for <laughs> uh, everyone's and, youth. Hopefully, with, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. with uh, El Haquez, mm-hmm. uh Josh Hawks, uh mm-hmm. our good man, and uh, you have a brand new host, I believe, as well.
0: Yes, we have uh, Shelley Rossell, um, who apparently used to do podcasting for another show um that was on tv she did like a fan uh, podcast with that she joined us recently about i'd say about two or three months ago and it's been a blast having her on there she's super smart and very on tap with all of kind of it's weird she's like a huge reader but at the same time has time to watch a bunch of television and movies and gets really into that geekdom so it's really cool to have her on and and kind of wax nostalgic about that stuff so uh, we're very happy to add her to our roster of podcasters. It's been a joy to have her on, and um, we actually started doing our podcasts live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you want to watch us, there you go. You get to see our beautiful Hold on 8 p.m.
1: Standard Pacific Time. Why don't you give us yes. the real time it's at now?
0: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) we start at that time. We hope to record at that time. No, that's not what I meant.
1: What I meant is the universe works off EST. Oh, okay. (laughs) I I apologize.
0: 11 p.m. (laughs) Eastern Standard Time, which is the only time zone that counts. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) We're a little late, but that's only because I'm a Westerner. And so therefore, well, a West Coaster, I shouldn't say Westerner, but West Coaster. So it's only because of me that – So you know,
1: do, I'm, I'm... how does it work? Because there's main affi- – there's like – you know how there's affiliates that run down the main stations, right? Yes. Like yep. like there's NBC. Now, mm-hmm. NBC plays, say it's Thursday night lineup, like Big Bang Theory, Thursday, 8 o'clock. Yes. When do you watch it?
0: 8 o'clock.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, they, eight. they do move it? Yes. For actually... the West Coast?
0: They do, they keep it at the same exact time for the West Coast unless you're a satellite, um, you know. If you have satellite cable, you get East Coast feeds. So if it's at eight, it's really at five over here. Okay. But if you have other cable, it's at the same time. That they but just like
1: Vancouver, I guess. Like yeah. like if I miss uh, say I miss a show that's on at like eight, I can usually mm-hmm. catch it in Vancouver at like eleven or twelve.
0: Exactly because yeah. I have
1: the Vancouver channels right. So. Mm-hmm. But that 11 or 12 for you is 8 o'clock or whatever.
0: Yes, yeah. So we're a little – we're late. But early for Hawaii. Do you, you have know, to deal well, with
1: spoiling a lot then, like on Twitter and stuff? Do you have to be careful? Like it's been really bad for Doctor Who lately because England um, gets it an hour before us, right?
0: Right, yeah. yeah. As, as a matter of fact, um, I do have to worry about that because all you have to do is if you search – because now it's the internet's fairly non-discriminatory for a time zone, so if you search something, I will get a UK newspaper giving a review or a UK website giving a review of the latest Doctor Who. Yeah. So yeah. if I want to know if it's a good episode, <laughs> it'll give it to me at like noon, when it's supposed to show at six my time. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. All right. I yeah. guess I'll find out what it's about now.
1: I always have to stay <laughs> so. off Twitter an hour before I watch Who, because. Yeah, it's it's an. Well,
0: with everything really, like, um, Gotham or any of those shows, really, I have to stay away from Twitter the the entire day, or at least ignore the hashtags that have, you know, whatever show I'm watching. Otherwise, I get spoiled for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, quickly to address, uh, I don't know if we did address, but uh, are you enjoying Agents of Shield?
0: Uh, we haven't addressed Agents of Shield. I, uh, I haven't seen the second episode. You were watching a little bit of it. <laughs> I saw a bit of it.
1: Right? Um, just to yeah. quickly say, I like where the first one went, especially at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with Fitz being nuts and everything, loved it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I actually really enjoyed the first episode. I like the new tone. I like the new, even look of how yes. the show is. It's 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 a lot less. It feels a lot less TV. TV, yeah, it feels, it's not, it's not, I was gonna say, it's not as boring. Yeah, there's it's, stuff going on all the time. Yeah,
1: higher quality, high quality better stuff. production value for sure, for sure. So. Exactly. So, and, you and, can, and, uh, uh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I was gonna say, and yeah. they had Lucy Lawless, so I was happy.
1: That's great, eh? <laughs> I like Lucy Lawless. She died, though, didn't it, she?
0: Well, uh, we don't know.
1: Oh, yeah, I we mean, don't I, know. It, That's right. She was like just lying in the car. We don't know if she's yeah. actually dead or not.
0: Yeah, they don't show the – yeah, they don't mention the death. They don't actually – they don't talk about it afterwards. They just kind of move on, so she could still be alive somewhere. I hope. I can only hope
1: because I like (laughs) this. Francis, thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: I've been on a string of – although highly enjoyable, it has been a long string of comic book interview episodes.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: uh, It's just worked out that way for coincidence. It almost felt like it was Kickstarter season or something, because you know what it is? It's it's the end of con season, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, there's just been a string lately of uh, fun people to talk about, and I wanted to do an episode where we just got back to the basics kids and caught up on all the wonderful things. That have been going on, and the only other guy I knew that would be up on top of all the same things that I am would be Mr. Francis Fernandez right here.
0: Well, thanks.
1: Because <laughs> he's like me, he doesn't waste his time doing other things for other people. So, uh, oh. as far as like, you know, we're not making TV, we're watching it and talking about mm-hmm. it, and that's our job. Yep. Uh, all yeah, you people that's, that's quitting podcasting to go and make comics, fine, you go make them, we'll keep talking about them. Which is the fun part for us. So
0: I'll take it. I'll take it any day, any day of the week. So I love it.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. So, uh, yes, they can catch you on uh, Back When We Were Interesting. Yes. Which is on iTunes. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, BackWhenPodcast.com is where you can find us.
1: And uh, Uh, A Critical Moment of Awesome.
0: You can actually find all of my podcasts at sincere sarcasm.net or PointsOfInterestPodcast.com. Uh, that's the, the the home base for all of our stuff.
1: That's right.
0: Um, but yeah, you can check that out there. And uh, if you want to hit me up on uh, Twitter, it's at Sort of Geek. I'm going, uh, speaking of cons, I will be attending for the first time as press. I've never done press for anything. Ooh. So I will be press at Kamikaze. Or they just announced that Kevin Smith will be there, so that'll be exciting. I Wait, I, Stan you know. Lee's
1: Kamikaze? Yeah. You got press for that? Yeah. Just by straight-up yeah, right? applying?
0: <laughs> just by straight-up applying. I wow. Don't know ha-
1: you and I are
0: both in like, shock because I have no idea how that happened.
1: Wow, but congratulations, I man.
0: For... Did you Thank like kind
1: of go in under everything? like?
0: I did, but I used my my well I went under POY as kind of like the blanket um, podcast that I'm working for, but I used my uh, one, crit, one critical moment of awesome that I did uh, talking about WonderCon and I think I did one blog post about uh, WonderCon as well. So that that ended up being my criteria for getting the, the, the credentials so.
1: That's okay. Kind of there's a little it. hint for you podcasters out there. If there's any of you listening who have ever had difficulty getting press at some of the bigger cons, uh, it's very difficult. And don't often blame the cons because it's not often the cons. It's actually the handlers and the guests themselves. Mm-hmm. They cannot distinguish between a guy in his basement on his iPhone and guys in a studio putting out like a super high quality show. So that's the weird thing about living in the Wild West that is podcasting right now is they can't really tell. So they will often just blanketly say no to all podcasts and they will not grant press. So it is often much more achievable if you include your blog or go through your blog. I have seen 14-year-old kids in Spider-Man pajamas at shows who got press over (laughs) me somehow. And it's because they're a blog, and it's because they write, and it's there, and it's much easier for people to check out a blog than it is for them to sit down and listen to an hour-long podcast. Exactly. You yeah. know. So that's what we're kind of fighting against. So you got to use your wits, kids. You got to use your smarts to how to get around these things, and always remember that there is always the gorilla pod, and that's how we usually <laughs> do things. You can go back. By the way, quick plug for a couple episodes ago mm-hmm. uh, was our parts one and two of Fan Expo. Uh, Canada 2014 and uh, I'll never get official press for that but I did I was a guest (laughs) I was officially a guest of an artist at least Mm -hmm. which was very cool so that got me you know certain access but uh, you know keep on plugging and keep on podding, kids and that's the only way we'll get through this but uh, again Francis thank you very much
0: yes my pleasure
1: next episode because I do in fact know because I'll be recording it in two days will be again I'm gonna try to make this one the last one for a bit, kids. I promise. But uh, uh, headlocked, it's called, and Michael Kingston. And what it is is a it's a comic about pro wrestling, and it's an, a, and a guy's journey to becoming a pro wrestler. Oh, very good. And cool. this comic uh, actually includes art done by professional wrestlers
0: even better i'd love to see that yeah <laughs> so there's like artistic talent
1: well they're actually surprising i don't want to say surprisingly because that kind of sounds insulting but they're very good uh mm-hmm. jerry lawler did a piece like a pin-up for it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he's very good uh he's a very good artist and there's a there's a few other wrestlers in there so i'm gonna actually chat with him on thursday night so that'll be popped out as uh the next episode but uh you know uh very soon star wars rebels will be coming our yeah. way and that's going to uh that's going to involve a lot of talky talk hopefully francis no. if he's available <laughs> will come join us for all that star wars talky talk we'll have a little Naboo brew and uh you know <laughs> see what's Dave, going yeah on. <laughs> so yeah it's good times but uh as far as that goes again points of interest dot C-A. And uh, that's all we have this week. On an elegant weapon, take it easy. I am definitely a madman with a box. <laughs> we <laughs>